It's the Friday Press Box on the run home. And we are welcoming in Zion Dale for one sport. Uh, a big week, Zion. Now, did you pull any all-nighters during the Cricket World Cup? <laughs> uh, good afternoon, fellas. Um, no, I can't say I pulled it all night. I did, I did fall asleep. I watched the start of the Black Caps and basically... Um, you know, when I fell asleep is, is when it lasted and woke, woke up in the morning. But, um, yeah, tough tough to take um, the result. But I think it's fair to say the better team won on the day. But I, t- to be honest with you, I'd been staying up for a few of the games. So it's good to get some sleep back uh, during the weeknights. Although I will miss it, I think, watching the cricket every night just before, just before bed. No, it has been good. And uh, I think you're right. I think a lot of us will uh, start to feel uh, like we've got to try to replace that with something. And uh, listen, your better half, male, female, whoever that is, um, might be asking for uh, control of the remote back. So I see, uh, I don't know, just, I'm just taking a little glimpse into the crystal ball. I see episodes of Beyond Deck in my future. So uh, payback is a you know what. So I'll just don't, Hey, don't knock below deck, Sammy. That is a great show. It goes all right. It's it, listen. It's it, I, I'm blessed that I have a wife that doesn't try to drag me down. Um, Kardashian. Um, oh yeah. Uh, nah. Sinkhole. She. As far as uh, trashy reality goes, uh, I'm I'm okay with the choices. It's 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 all good. Uh, but you know, listen. Come the league season, you know, I just I, I it, from from Monday through to depending on if it's Thursday games of quality or not to Wednesday at least. I I don't even touch the remote. It's just not worth it. Yeah, you know, it's. I need. To, I need to build up a bit of mileage. Come, um, come the late stages. But we're not here to talk about uh, the battle for the remote control in my house. We've got uh, Zion, and you're joined, of course, Brad Lewis, uh, super producer for a yarn on this. And uh, Zion, we'll start with you first. Uh, Formula One hits Vegas this weekend. It piqued your uh, interest at all in in the sport, or the fact that motorsports happening in Sin City and and all that can come with it. I think so. I was actually in Vegas not not too long ago, and I just there's something about the spectacle of Vegas. Um, you know, the place, the atmosphere, it's kind of like all the money of Vegas meets the money of, of motorsport. I guess, look, from a spectacle, yes, definitely. I think it's one of those courses, just given the place and what it's all about, the bright lights. Uh, it does it does pique my interest, but, um, you know, I've been seeing Max Verstappen especially not a, a big fan of it. It's, you know, 99% the spectacle, 1% the sport. But I think as a viewer watching at home, knowing, you know, Imagining what the pictures are going to be like, I, I can't say it's going to it's going to lack in entertainment. Brad, you do love uh, when people are sitting behind the wheel uh, driving crazy fast, good and dangerous point. situations. So, you, I mean, I imagine this is uh, right up your alley. Yeah, and look, the best week of my life <clears throat> outside the time that my kids were born and I got married was the boys' trip that I spent in Las Vegas <laughs> uh, several moons ago, uh, about five years ago. Oh, man, what a week that was! Uh, but anyway, I, I, rem- I remember you do ask me for leave, and I was during the Com Games, hundred percent. Yes, it was great. Uh, but anyway, uh, what a what a great week that was. But I, I digress. Uh, it's it's awesome to see the strip lit up with uh, with a Formula One with the Formula One paddock. It's uh, it's glitz and glamour personified. And Formula One's all about that. And uh, you know they've um, they've they've uh, paved off a few of the local Nevadians with the amount of um, is that is that the right word, Sam? Is it Nevadians? Nevadans? Nevadans? Yeah, I don't think, I think, I think, I don't think there's an I like. There's not. No, maybe not. Yeah. With the amount Nevadans, of construction they've done and stuff. Uh, but by all intents and purposes, that's over now. The the most of the hard work was around building up the pit garage and stuff. So hopefully moving forward, uh, it will be become more friendly for the fans. But look, the, the on-track uh, product needs to work. And what we've seen this year is that it's Max Verstappen first, and then it's a battle of uh, seven or eight cars for second. So unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see a change in that. Uh, but hopefully, uh, as we move forward into year two and year three, we see more of a contest when it comes to who takes the checker flag first. 
Now, uh, Zion, we're taking our attention back to the uh, to the the one day game. What, we're two very con- contrasting uh, semi-finals. One's a run fest. One is a uh, a scrap. Where, where do you sit? What do you like to see more? One where the scores are, are touching four hundred, uh, or when we're getting one of those uh, gritty, more like the old school days where it's uh, if you're getting two twenty, you're in, then making yourself competitive. I think from a personal point of view, I like the big scores. You know, it's um, I'm a big Test cricket fan, and you know, watching Test cricket, I don't expect to see the big hits, the sixes, you know, the big scores, you know, happen in um, a short amount of time. But the 400s, it just makes the game interesting. I think it's, you know, ODI has found itself in a place between Test cricket and and 2020. And I mean, seeing those 400 scores, it's Again, a spectacle because you're seeing guys absolutely bash the ball like Glenn Maxwell, like Rachin Ravindra has over the past few weeks in just a short amount amount of time. So I really like the high scoring games. It, it gives it a um, you know both teams have to bat on the same pitch, bowl on the same pitch, but it just gives it a, an element of um, competitiveness, a challenge, and you know I think it, it's a shorter format of the game. It only lasts one day so the more big hits the more runs the better and the more entertaining and it gets people more gripped into a longer form of cricket that's only a day yeah t20's got a lot to answer for but uh, one of the things that has done is, is is because they can score some big scores you don't you don't really want to see 50 those who love 50 over cricket and they're saying it's definitely a viable option you don't really want to see the same scores scored over 50 overs that teams are getting in 20 overs. Brad, where do you stand on this one? I kind of disagree. Uh, and for me, the 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 flat track, that that's where T20 cricket belongs, right? Like, so your, your hard services that are going to encourage, you know, scores of 250, 260 in a 20 over game. I actually enjoy the 235 plays 234 games. Uh, there's more of a challenge between bat and ball. Like, you got some of the best bowlers in the world, like Trent Bolt and, and what have you, bowling on a flat track. It's it's not it's not great watching. Now, I know if it was if it was Conway and Williamson and Glenn Phillips doing doing the smacking, we would have been totally stoked. But I watched that game last night and I just found it a lot more interesting than every second ball going to the boundary. Like, there was, uh, Hazelwood got 11 play and misses in 14 balls. And, uh, that was, and that, you, you know, the first 10 overs of, of both innings were crucial and Australia won the first 10 overs of both innings clearly, which is what separated them at the end of the day. I, I kind of like that cricket more and I wonder as we move forward with one day cricket being under threat is maybe we look at slightly degraded pitches um, for one day cricket and then your flat tracks for your T20 and then your green tops for tests or what have you, certainly in this side of the world. Yeah, as long as you keep the uh, the BCCI on board, then I'm sure that uh, it'll be right, Brad. So just, <laughs> just, just write, write your letter because that's if uh, if they agree with you, then uh, we are all go. Now uh, the departure and speaking of uh, the the white ball scenario, Brad, I'll start with you on this one. Sure. The Black Caps white ball reset. We've spoken about it uh, on different shows uh, this week on SCNZ. It is a talk, and it should be a talking point off the back of the World Cup. We do it to every other sport. Is it time for a reset as far as personnel goes, in your opinion? Yeah, well, look, half of the team that played uh, the other night will be 35, almost 36 in some cases, including Devin Conway, which is quite concerning that he's come on so late and he's already 32. Uh, and, he, you know, he's supposed to be the heir apparent to Ross Taylor and, you know, hopefully he's still got four or five years left in him. But, uh, look, it, it, it all depends on whether or not the talent's there behind these guys to come through. I certainly would like to see... 
uh, new players introduced, um, maybe through T21 first and then into the ODI game. I thought uh, was it Henry Shipley last year against Sri Lanka looked really, really good. He looks a very, very good yep. prospect. I, I would like to see more of that happen. Like you know, maybe Finnellan gets another chance, and we've got you know we've got some really. There's the younger Bass boy that plays in in Wellington that apparently is very, very talented. Grant Elliott's been uh, talking him up much like he did Rashan Ravindra. So I would definitely like to see some sort of transition period where maybe we get players coming in and out of the side, and and we just see if they're up to. It uh, because the World Cup team in four years' time, I think, could look very, very different. Yeah, listen, I don't. I'm not uh, of the wholesale change where we're going right. Well, we're going to blood new players and and we're going to say goodbye to others. I want to see these players, like you mentioned, like, like the Shipleys, like the Ravinders. Uh, remember when Martin Guptill was falling out of picture? It, it was on because others were putting pressure on him as much as it was whether he was the uh, the right guy to go. I want to see guys put themselves in the scenario to give them a creep. But I, I can't I can't buy into the concept of shouldering tapping people and saying, we're not going to pick you, even though you're still good enough to be in this team. There's a big summer of cricket coming up. So how do you feel about, uh, about the reset and... Four years in cricket to me is a lot. Feels a lot longer than it does in rugby, as far as more game time together, more tours together, to be able to build cohesion. Yeah, I think I agree with the point of introducing more players into the cycle, so they get a feel of what it's like to represent your country, to play on a bigger stage than just domestically. And and you know, I also agree with the point of blooding them through the T20 first. I think though, what is really missing is you look over the past three World Cups, New Zealand's been there or thereabouts in terms of the top four. But what is really missing is just that killer instinct—a team that can overcome the pressure, just really own those big moments. Uh, and I mean, don't get me wrong, there's there's been plenty of big moments, but just that final step of going on to win a World Cup. Because I think you know whether you you look at a reset or not, there's always been the team and the talent to get there. It is just that next step, that killer instinct that I think a lot of the players need or the group needs to really push on and, and win a World Cup one day. Now, we've been talking about uh, Simon O'Donnell's comment about uh, that the spirit of cricket uh, doesn't mean being nice. It means uh, playing to the limits of the rules and having a crack at the Black Caps for, uh, for not essentially um, uh, stonewalling or trying to give uh, tough guy looks to uh, Virat Kohli as he was suffering cramp. Where do you stand on his comments? Uh, we're talking today whether we want a uh, the the nice black caps or we prefer a nasty, ruthless, win at all cost team to represent our country. What what's your view uh, on Simon O'Donnell's comments? Look, I think uh, to be perfectly honest, it's total yes. That's that's the identity of you know what the the scenario he he brings up in terms of the cramping. Uh, that's New Zealand's identity. The, the spirit of the game. Don't get me wrong, I get where he's coming from in a competitive um, sort of sense, but um, look, that's what the Black Caps are known for. That's what their identity is. You know, they've always been regarded as the nice guys of, of world cricket. I don't buy into it. You look when, um, you know, Daryl Mitchell, um, you know, was cramping up, an Indian teammate helped him out. It's just, it's something you do. There's competitiveness everywhere, and there's no hiding that. But to make a comment like that, I mean, to, you know, it questions the Black Caps' integrity and identity, and that's just who they are, to be to be fair. Well, when they win, it's called uh, competitive uh, and, uh, and you know, win at all costs. When they lose, all it becomes is absolute petulance. So um, can't can't wear it. Uh, punishing comment, I understand where it comes from from him, but that's because it's a punishing uh, mindset. But he, uh, look, he does, he's, he's played the game at the highest level, deserves his thoughts, but uh, I, I disagree when it comes to his views on uh, the New Zealand team. Now, uh, both of you, we'll start with you, Brad. We'll get into it a little first, but the the one word 
that comes to mind when I tell you or say out loud that Saudi Arabia, if it's not already, it certainly is, becoming boxing's capital? What's your one rude response to how that makes you feel? Yuck. And Zion? Uh, yeah, I've got to echo the same, the same word, although it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, way. and so Brad, I mean, you, as a as a passionate fight man, I think everyone mm. feels the the same kind of way. But it's it's kind of being met with a bit of shoulder shrug too. It's from many quarters. Look, it is ultimately sports washing at its finest. Uh, and the thing about boxing is, he who pays the biggest purse gets the uh, gets the gets the game, so to speak. So, look, Eddie Hearn, for example, let's say Anthony Joshua um, is fighting fighter number B. Eddie Hearn is the promoter for that fight. He takes the the fight purse to market, and Madison Square Garden would bid for it. Wembley Stadium would bid for it, uh, or Saudi Arabia would bid for it. Who's going to have the most money out of those? Uh, three entities, so to speak. It's always going to be Saudi Arabia. So I think it's a real, it's a damn shame that for the future of boxing, every major boxing fight now for the foreseeable future is going to be held, certainly when it comes to heavyweight boxing, is going to be held in Saudi Arabia. I think it's a real shame when you look at the Vladimir Klitschko, Anthony Joshua fight uh, at Wembley Stadium was one of the coolest moments of the last sort of 10 years when it comes to combat sports. And we're now um, not going to be able to see something like that because Tyson Fury is going to be fighting there, Deontay Wilder is fighting there, Joseph Parker is fighting there, Anthony Joshua is going to fight there. It's, uh, it's a damn shame. Yeah, and for you, uh, Zion, I mean, uh, if any, when, when sports washing came up in Saudi Arabia doing its thing, the Fiddy Sport went, how do we get a piece of this? You know, boxing was, was top of the list. Yeah, I mean, look, like I said before, it, it doesn't surprise me. I think it did take me by surprise the way that the football, um, I guess, league over there, the players that they, they get, the money that lures them over there. To see boxing, I guess, you know, putting that same sort of, I guess casting that same shadow, it doesn't surprise me. It's a it's a money game. If it the 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 one thing that would concern me is if it those big name fights like you mentioned before, if the quality is compromised because of the money, then yeah, it's it's a it's a real shame. Right, we are getting towards the end of the year. Uh, sorry, Brad, was saying you want to you thought on that? No, no, no. I I, no, I was waiting. I was in waiting in anticipation for your next Gosh, question, Sam. He's excited for uh, for this question, and uh, we've had a great year in sport. We've seen, there's so many ups and downs, and a lot to uh, keep us engaged. But uh, you know, when, while it's not done for the year, we're still going to put you both uh, under the spotlight here. Uh, I'm going to give uh, you the first crack at this one, Zion. One fearless sporting prediction for 2024. Go for it. Jeez, it's going to sound like a cop-out, maybe an easy one. Warriors grand final. Ooh, no, no, no. I said feel a sporting prediction, not an inevitability. <laughs> we get you to go for something that, that could potentially not happen. You know, I'm, listen, I hear you, uh, and uh, it, it, it is a little fearless because while it, you won't be the only one to echo it, um, that's a tough-ass competition to pull yourself uh, up and, and be, cons be consecutive uh, seasons of of greatness to uh, to lift there when the, you consider this one of the Warriors' greatest seasons of all time. It won't be easy, but geez, they'll be capable of it. I I, I, yeah. I feel you, uh, Zion, mm. and uh, I think you're uh, playing uh, close to my uh, my wheelhouse as well. So well done, Brad. Or, I'll, sorry, I'll quickly add one more. Go. Hayden Wild, gold medal. It sounds rude Ooh. that it's fearless. Now that's fearless. But, I like it. But I like it. He's, he's come do, a long way. Yeah. He's come a yeah. long way. And then while we aren't, uh, everyone might not follow the uh, the IT results uh, super close, he's, uh, he's a hell of a talent. 
Yeah, and also another H, Hamish Kerr, he might go all right as well. Uh, so my fearless sporting prediction team, uh, it's it's a double banger. It's the Wellington men and women's Phoenix win the A-League. Wow. Wow. That would that okay. would be monumental. And obviously, look, the Warriors winning the, the NRL is a landscape changer in a massive way. But uh, for football in this country to, to, to win that A-League title where... And the, the men's had a couple of teams that go, look, maybe they can make the grand final uh, in the past, but no one to really step forward. Fearless, baby. Fearless. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I, listen, I, I like where you both landed with that one. Uh, Zion Dale, really appreciate your time from One Sport. Uh, enjoy your uh, weekend and uh, maybe some either some early nights or at least uh, some uh, some sleeps without uh, the uh, the fear of missing out. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you.